free speech is under attack. For over 20 years, FIRE has defended free expression on college campuses, standing with students and faculty when they face censorship. Now, FIRE is expanding our mission to protect freedom of speech for all Americans, no matter where you're from or what you believe. At the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, we believe free speech makes free people. We're fighting for your rights and our culture of free expression. And welcome to Homefront Rising, the U.S. Tour of Duty podcast. We're going to talk about erotic art or sexual art and how people react to it today. Our guests include Ash Nicholson, who is a Marine veteran and who was enrolled in Kansas City Art Institute until somebody found some tweets of hers containing objectionable to them art and somehow that caused her to be expelled from the school. And then fire stepped in the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. By the end of this podcast, if nothing else, you will know what that acronym stands for. And we have with us Sabrina Kanza, a program officer, whatever that is, but I'm, let's assume it's a very prestigious title. Uh, she's with FIRE. And our extraordinary producer, Tori Mansfield, is joining us. Welcome, everybody. How are you all doing? Great. Good. All right. So um, we talked the other day, and uh, at that point, I had just looked at the tweets only moments before that, and I was just baffled by what the big deal is. I, I bar barely even understood it. We're talking about hente, and I looked into it a little bit afterwards. You know, it's been a running joke for years that sometimes when people say they were looking at pornography, it was for research purposes. Actually, it was in this case. So I acquainted myself with, with Hente, and let me, let me start by asking you, Ash. I, I want to make sure I have this right, because I was trying to figure out, like, well, what, what, I couldn't even, like, see any thread, any thematic thread through the tweets. And so, so now it looks like I, the reason I was having trouble is because re there really is no specific sexual theme. The thing that identifies it, and tell me if I'm correct, is more of the artistic style and it's about sex but not any one specific type of sex it tends to be uh let's say what some might call deviant unorthodox it's very explicit but it's not about any one particular fetish and it's more about just the combination of some kind of graphic sex with the style of the japanese art is that pretty much correct that's pretty much yeah um the uh Art is, I guess you can consider it, like they call it problematic art, just because it's not like fluffy art or fluffy sex depictions. So it's like dubbed problematic hentai, yeah. Okay, so I hesitate to ask you this because you, you've already been oppressed and I don't want to make it feel like you owe anybody an explanation. But I'm curious, and to the extent you're willing to share with us, you know, what is it about this topic that interests you to the point that you devote your Twitter page to it. Would you mind uh, giving us a little insight into what that's about for you? Yeah, so I mean, it, um, a lot of people have the accounts for different reasons, like just because they like it or whatever it may be, but I have my account uh, just because it helps me, you know, kind of cope with some traumas I've been through that are actually depicted in a lot of the art. And my therapist even agrees with me and she saw my account, saw no problem with it. 
So I mainly just use it for like desensitizing myself to my own trauma so I can work through it better in therapy. I see. And you, are you interacting with people? I, I do. Uh, me, I have me, um, me. a few. Uh, I'm sorry, but what, what I mean is like I noticed that it says comms open. That means communications open. You're inviting private messages. Is that is that about right? Um, come so people would um, just hire me to make art for them. Okay, so we're scrolling some of the tweets. And thank you, uh, Sabrina, for compiling these. And uh, so people know what we're talking about. Uh, Natsuo's Fat Cock Ring. It's a very <laughs> provocative name. You know what I, you know, I was imagining people around the fire office uh, having to say this out loud, you know, because I, I watch tr sometimes criminal trials on TV and, you know, they're quoting what the defendant was accused of saying, you know, like, uh, I'm going to fuck you up, motherfucker. And these are people who are obviously, you know, otherwise speak in very pr polite, professional tones. But here they have a reason to say uh, what they don't normally say. So I'm going to take a wild guess, Sabrina. This is the first time the phrase fat cock ring was uttered around the fire office. Is that a, is that a reasonable assumption? Um, the first time, to my knowledge, uh, I cannot speak to anything that's previously been, uh, you know, discussed. But I don't I wouldn't say that it had been. Although fire, uh, thankfully, we do have an open office space where we're able to discuss, you know, topics that some may find controversial. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible there's one or more staffers uh, at fire who are into hentai. I mean, it's possible, but let let's assume there is nobody who's into it. Mm -hmm. There, okay. It, when you get uh, a case like this brought to your attention for consideration, and it's something that's um, this now. This is not my judgment. I'm just talking about how the public might respond to it, or segments of the public, mm -hmm. that it's something that's maybe disgusting uh, or you know just very offensive to uh, the average person. Does that make the people at fire pause a little bit about oh, uh, do I want to get involved in this, or does that make you more eager because you realize that the offensive speech is really what needs to be defended? Yeah. So here at Fire, you know, we do understand that the speech that needs to be defended is the speech that people find controversial. You know, people aren't shutting down speech that everyone loves to hear because that's not what's being you know, censored. That's not what people want to censor. So we don't sit there and say, oh, this is controversial. The content of this, people won't like it. We say, is this protected? And if it is, we try to get involved as best as we can. Right. Now, have you noticed any particular staffers who've been saying fat cockering out loud a little bit more than might be necessary? <laughs> uh, I haven't noticed, but I'm going to keep an eye out for that now that you mentioned it. All right. That would be ironic if there's a sexual harassment suit that comes out of the workplace <laughs> at fire. Now, Tori, I, I, I asked you to do some research on this. You're not going to make a sexual harassment uh, complaint against me, are you? No, no, <laughs> no, you're, you're good. <laughs> I, yeah. Even after, um, I said fat cockering about the 20th time, you didn't feel like that was, <laughs> you didn't feel like that was successful. Right. No. All right. So, so let's go over what happened. Uh, somebody apparently, I was judging from the, uh, uh, from the press releases that fire issued, I, I guess it's not certain, but I think it's assumed that somebody saw this and complained to the school. 
And uh, if you can show that quote, Tori, about the school, how the school interpreted it as something that could be sexual harassment, could be. Um. Is that what happened? Is you, you you suspect maybe a fellow student? Ash, is that is that the assumption? It was. Um, they basically told me my original meeting that it was someone in our group chat that found it and didn't like it. They reported me. Okay. And what was your reaction when you first heard this? That these these tweets that have nothing to do with the school, and it's an art school. You think art. You know, with all the there's nudity in art. You know that's accepted and so forth, as compared to many other uh, parts of you know the way our culture and the, and the rules and the norms of other parts of culture. The art world is more permissive. Were you surprised, or, or you kind of have your finger on the pulse of how things have been going lately, and uh, you know, with cancel culture and so forth? How, how did you feel when you first found out? Um, I mean, I wasn't surprised that somebody did because there's this like term online that we use called aunties that are basically like pro-censorship in like simple terms and so i wasn't surprised that someone went to that extreme because people have been doxxed before for it and some people have um like killed themselves because of these people harassing them online so i wasn't surprised but i just it got me thinking like if I'm getting canceled from my Twitter, then how come people like George R.R. R. Martin aren't getting canceled where he has arguably like worse things in his books than I do on my Twitter or Stephen King or it's, just, it's like a double standard, I feel. So that's what really surprised me, honestly. Right. Well, I mean, it's because the complainant and the decision makers are different. That's that's why. I mean, it's yeah. not like tw it's not like Twitter took the action and they have a double standard. So I wouldn't say it's a double standard. It's just different people. Um, yeah. So, Sabrina, you are well positioned to give us some insight into how ridiculous this is compared to the other ridiculous things that come through. And that's one thing that's, you know, very common in the world of censorship is that it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's it's utterly arbitrary most of the time. And if you ever ask somebody to explain, you know, what justifies the censorship, try getting a straight answer out of them. You'll get a word salad that really amounts to they're offended. And, you know, so therefore I get to control you. I get to punish you. But com so compared to other uh, types of censorship that come in, how ridiculous. If you had a meter, a ridiculous meter that goes from zero to 100, what, what, what do you think this one would, would come in at? Yeah, I'd have to place this one pretty high, close to 100 on that ridiculous meter. It's... Um... You know, I see censorship every single day. That's what I do for a living. Um, you know, I defend people who are being censored. And when this one came in, the combination of this being an art school and um, this being on Twitter, not even shared with anyone, uh, all of that information combined, we were shocked at the fire office. We were like, why is this actually coming to us? Um, how is the school actually doing this? Is this real? You know, and unfortunately it did turn out to be real all right well i actually have a ridiculous meter here so let's hook it up and see uh, and see what the reading is whoa not quite pinning the meter in a way in a way that worries me that the meter isn't being pinned that means there's room for even more ridiculous censorship to come all right but that's but that's pretty ridiculous
pretty mm. damn ridiculous. <laughs> so you have a cool job, Sabrina, it seems to me. Is that how you feel about it? I mean, this is all, I mean, when you're hanging out at the coffee shop or a bar with your friends, do, are, are, do your friends take interest in, uh, in, in um, want to hear about all this stuff? Yeah, I love my job. I always say my job is my hobby, so I never want to stop working, um, which, yeah. you know, it's it's awesome. Uh, my friends, a lot of them do take interest, you know, in this day and age, especially with me being young. Of course, I have friends who, you know, are totally on the side of cancel culture and being someone who defends free expression. I I'm still friends with them because you can believe things that I disagree with and you know, that's that's part of who I am. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes me think of, of Trump when when you you know talk about how polarized we are nowadays. And here we have, uh, you know, all this controversy uh, surrounding January 6th and, and Trump's position on the election. And to me, that is by definition a free speech issue, because even if one believes that Trump was you know, acting in an unlawful manner in, in, in the way he went about it. His defense is that, you know, he was just challenging election results. So speech by definition. So even people who don't like him should recognize this is a speech issue. Is uh, fire involved at all in any of the Trump controversies? To my knowledge, I don't believe that we are. Um, it's very widely debated in the First Amendment community. Uh, all of those issues related to Trump. Uh, we've just recently expanded outside of the campus context. So obviously we're evaluating everything that we are, you know, getting involved in. Okay. So now we're joined by uh, hip hop artist Von T, a special guest. Thanks for joining us. How you doing, Von T? Pretty good. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Uh, so Von T uh, and Ash have something in common. They're both veterans and they're both victims of censorship. In Von T's case, his, his censorship was actually imposed by a commander in the military, unlike Ash, who just happens to be a veteran who was victimized following her service. But Von T was ordered by uh, his commander to remove his music videos from YouTube, or, or all social media, actually, not just YouTube, and he refused to do so. And so to me, the, the, the common thing between Ash and Von T is that people who are offended overreact. And, and, and specifically, they feel they attach this sort of undue significance to their cheap feelings. And I, and I mean to emphasize cheap in the sense that we all have feelings, of course, and they're important to us, you know, as far as who we are and how we interact with people in our lives. But feelings are very unpredictable, unreliable. They aren't the same thing as upholding principles. And so what happens is people proceed with the mistaken notion that because they're offended, they have the right to then control and punish people. Certainly control under the threat of punishment. Sometimes it actually gets to punishment. And and I think that's what's going on. Would you agree with that characterization, Vanti? Is that how you feel? And do you, and, and you think that's sort of a common thread through censorship? Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, absolutely. Um, you hit the nail on the head. Um, and when we talk about the situations and stuff that happen um, with the military, like I let people know all the time, like I don't have anything 
against the military. The military was my family for 18 years. You know, it's what I've known. The problem is, is kind of what, what Jeff you're talking about is there's these small pockets of people who are in powerful positions within that great organization that, you know, pretty much limit how far you can, you can talk and, and get your issues across the board uh, up to big army so they can, they can get ahead of it. I'm sure big army would handle a situation like mine and others if, if it, if it got up the channel the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And, you know, I, Keep in mind that Von T's videos weren't on some fringe website. You know, they were on YouTube. And so how naughty could they be if they don't violate YouTube standards? And, you know, and how is anybody supposed to know, you know, what is inappropriate? That's another hallmark of censors is it's just very arbitrary. And they come at you uh, in an unpredictable way. And so... This, this might be worth pointing out that Kansas City Art Institute is not really subject to the First Amendment because they aren't government. It's not a government entity. It's more of a contractual obligation. Uh, and so somebody like Ash, now it doesn't really matter exactly how much you went through, but, but theoretically, a student might have come from across the country, you know, had to save up all kinds of money. They planned to go to a school. They picked the school based on the way the school, you know, has advertised itself to be. And then after, you know, totally upending their life, they find out, oh, it's illegal to wear a green shirt on Wednesdays. Oh, thanks a lot. So uh, I guess it doesn't matter that I moved and uh, had to spend $8,000 and quit my job to come to this school. Now you tell me about your stupid rule. Is that kind of how you felt? Actually, I guess you're local to the school, so you didn't move. But but you must have felt upset that, that you didn't know this in advance and you made these plans, right? Yeah, because uh, originally I was going to re-enlist in the military, but I decided against it just so I could come to this school because I wanted to get a head start. And so I took back my reenlistment package. I put it in the shutter, came home, and then all this happened. Right. And now, um, do you feel that you might have, well, you've decided not to go to the school as a result of this, right? Well, I, let's, I'm sorry, let's back up. Because fire stepped in and they got an attorney for you and contacted the school, the school relented and, and they said, okay, you're not expelled. You can come to the school you've decided not to go anyway. Exactly, yeah, because in their recension of the expulsion letter, they basically implied that since it's on private, I can be unexpelled, which means basically like if you take it off private, we're gonna get you again. And I don't wanna deal with that. I don't wanna deal with- I'm sorry, private. private? What are you saying about private? My account's on private, so only my followers oh. can see it, yeah. Oh, okay. And, and, and I'm sorry, so what was it? So, so that means uh, protected tweets, right? That's the phrase they use on Twitter. That means yeah. that the average person can't see it. They have to contact you to request access, right? Yeah. All right, so that's what you're talking about. So what about that? Because it's now uh, protected tweets, what? They basically said that since my I put my account on, like, protecting my tweets and everything, um, they would rescind my expulsion. And it felt like on a conditional basis, like, if I keep uh. it on private, you can come back, but if you don't, then we're going to get you again. And that still didn't seem like an environment I'd want to be in. So 
I decided. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. What's so bad about it? Look, Vanti, look at this. You weren't with us before. You, this is what we're talking about. Ash had tweets like this, and we don't even know. There wasn't any one specific uh, tweet that was identified as, uh, you know, the big no-no. So we can only imagine, you know, this is, uh, which yeah. is raunchier, these tweets or, or, or the or the scenes in your video that the, that the, that the commander didn't like? Yeah, I, I really don't see anything wrong with, with either one of those. I, I hey, you know what, we need to do, I'm sorry, Vanti, we need to do an audio adjustment real quick. You see down below where it says settings? Uh, yeah. Click on settings, then audio. And then where it says uh, automatic volume, uncheck that and then slide the volume thing under that all the way to the right. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Better. Sorry for the interruption, everybody, but I think it'll be worth it. Go ahead. Um, no, I was saying I don't see anything wrong with either one of those. I can go on Twitter and just in my random feed see stuff that's at, from people's pages. I'm not even, I don't, I don't even know how I'm getting that content, but and that's way worse stuff and stuff I didn't solicit myself to watch or see or click on. So I don't see anything wrong there at all. All right. I'm, I'm looking at your tattoo now. That's not hentai by any chance on your body, is it? No, I guess Ooh. not. <laughs> hentai is the name of the, uh, is the, oh, you don't even know what we're talking about. That's the name of the, the, the genre of the artwork, the naughty artwork that, uh, that Ash uh, touts, if that's the word. So is Hente uh, uh, very popular among your fellow Marines, uh, Ash? Did, did, did any of them know about uh, your uh, uh, passion for Hente? Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of my people in my command even knew about my Twitter. I had friends that had posters of that in their rooms. Like, it, they, they were all about it. But, yeah, so it, it's very popular like they're almost stereotypically popular in the marine corps at least wow kinky marines what, <laughs> what about what about the army is the army as kinky as the marines vante uh <laughs> army definitely has its you know has its <laughs> they got their size but they it's kind of like what she's what she's saying like the, the culture of, of you know the soldier culture when you're out there with your battle battle buddies and your friends and your in your in your out there in your element and stuff they have their own inside jokes and things and these things uh, everybody talks about and it's a thing in the service but let somebody's name get notarized off of something of it now you know we got to pick somebody to make the the golden child example of and somebody's gonna you know step out of bounds to do it right so when i interviewed you a few weeks ago uh we talked a bit about you know how what happened to you isn't really an anomaly. I mean, the specific details are somewhat unique. Not everybody is a hip hop guy with a big following and has videos, but just this idea of commanders abusing the rights of people and being arbitrary. Um, but let's get Ash in on that. Ash, when you were in the service, did you notice very many examples of this going on, whether it's about art or music, the clothes that you wear, tattoos, anything at all that, you know, sort of arbitrary comes out of a left field and all of a sudden becomes, you know, a rule that's imposed on you? Um, I think the closest I've gotten uh, was I got pulled into my Sergeant Major's office because I had a Friday the 13th tattoo and it had, so it had a number 13 on it. And he tried to tell me that I was part of MS-13 
for having this too. And I was like, I'm not like, just look at me. Like I'm clearly not an MS-13. <laughs> like you're an honorary member or something? <laughs> no, he thought I was, but he tried to tell me like that he was going to give me paperwork for it. And he, I mean, I did wow. get paperwork for it, but I mean, I just didn't care at that point. Right. Well, you're you're a bad flower, according to your T-shirt. That's a that's I figure that was some kind of violent gang, the bad flowers. Oh yeah, it's it's a very violent uh, gang. <laughs> right. Um. So oh, that reminds me, Von T. What, what was that hip hop name we came up with for me? I don't know which one you came up with. I thought it was DJ Jeff, but you said, you said no, no, no. I thought of another. I thought of an, I thought of another one after that. Uh, oh, well, I'm spacing it out now. That's okay. Um, so that's all that happened to you. But did you have you were you aware of any of your uh, fellow service members who had their rights abused in, in a in a way that you know was similar to what happened to Vonte or, or similar at all to what we're talking about? Honestly, um, I've been lucky to be with some pretty decent commands that don't mm -hmm. put up with that kind of crap. Because I've been, I've, I'm always pretty close with my higher ups, just because I'm closer in maturity to them than like the junior Marines. So I've been fortunate enough to not have to see that because I, my staff sergeant actually does rap, and we would go, to, all of us would go to his shows and all that. And so I've been lucky to not have to really see anything like that. Okay, so um, Sabrina, what um, are the well, first of all, let me say, I am very, if, if there's a lot of this going on in the military, I don't want to, you know, assume anything. If there is a fair amount of this type of abuse going on in the military, since U.S. Tour of Duty is a nonprofit that works with veterans and protects their interests, and since I personally happen to be very passionate about censorship issues, I would love to have some kind of a partnership, whether it's a formal or informal arrangement with FIRE, where we call attention to this and zero in on it because recently fire expanded so do you want to say a few words about that sabrina for many years fire just handled i think pretty much uh censorship in academic environments but now it's all kinds of first amendment what's going on with that yeah so uh when fire was founded in 1999 it was a nonprofit just focused on advocating on behalf of students and faculty at america's institutions across the country um on June 6th, I believe. So just a couple months ago, we expanded to help all Americans uh, in protecting their expressive rights. So we're protecting student, or more than students and faculty now. So all Americans' rights in uh, advocating for a culture of free expression, uh, litigating, doing research, all these things to teach people more about what free expression means. Okay, so Vanti is now discharged, but the ramifications, the consequences of what happened to him are very real, and they're lingering. Uh, I'll let you say a few words about this if you want, Vanti, but what I'm focusing on in particular is that he was denied medical services, which Vanti believes was connected to the commander's bias against him, and his health has deteriorated as a result. So that all stems from a free expression violation. So Fonti uh, wants fire to take his case. So uh, feel free, you're a program officer, which we already established earlier is a very prestigious title. <laughs> feel free to shake the tree there to get somebody to pay attention to Fonti. Uh, He's already submitted 
his request for fire to take the case. So, so you want to say a few words about the hardship that's been inflicted on you, Vante? Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, they were they were motioning to uh, kick me out of the military, and then I had to activate my medical retirement to salvage the rest of my career, pretty much. Uh, and the and the commander, he he actively like took a role in stopping me from from trying to transition out of TRICARE and move over to the main hospital or get out of his facility and realm. Like they called doctors at the hospital to try to stop them from operating on stuff that clearly still needed to be operated on in the first place. I just kind of uh, had pushed those to the side because I wanted to reach my 20 years. And so I kind of just tried to tough it out. Um, but I was play forced, you know, play my, my card to get out the military. Uh, but yeah, the, the charge that I got for you know, making this was, it should have never happened. And I, I run into a lot of people on my Facebook group. Um, another gentleman I just talked to yesterday had the same thing kind of happen to him. And he said he did get a lawyer after he got out and they tried to fix things for him on the back end on that. But I haven't been able to find uh, anybody who could specialize and help me in that department. I, I went to a lot of local places in the Atlanta um, area, the Augusta area, uh, because it's still in my records. The criminal charge, the Article 15 is there, but it stays in my Army records, but I still retired honorably. Like it, the, the whole contrast thing, that just makes no sense. All right. Well, hopefully FIRE will take your case. And uh, I think I've put Sabrina on the spot enough. <laughs> and uh, you can look into that and uh, we'll see what comes of it. Von T is coming out with a new single on August 12th. We used to say it's going to be released on August 12th, but now you could say it's going to drop. So okay. DJ Jazzy Jeff needs to learn the lingo. It's going to drop. Let's play a few seconds. This is a collaboration, by the way, with Timothy Bloom, who's a twice-nominated Grammy artist. Give folks a few seconds. This is a preview coming out August 12th. I'll do anything for you. That's a catchy hook. So uh, good luck with that, Von T. And any particular shows or anything coming up in connection with that? Uh, yeah, I actually have a, a show in New York on the 20th. Uh, got booked to perform out there. And then immediately leaving uh, New York, I'll also be going uh, to Detroit. And I'll be performing it in Detroit first time so kind of excited about that that's like the very next day all right sounds great and what about you ash what is going on with you and your life now you decided not to go to the kansas city art institute but what are you doing i'm planning on going uh doing like a program with ucm and umkc to do their accelerated law program get my law degree Ah, and were you already interested in law or did, did what happened to you inspire you to turn down that path I've always wanted to be a lawyer since I was probably like five, but then I got into art on deployment and I was like, no, I want to do that. And then KCAI kind of spoiled <laughs> my like my love for art a little bit. So I was like, I'm just going to go back to law. And what kind of art were you? Uh, I mean, we know what kind of art you like when it's the, when you're uh, showcasing the work of others. But, but what about your own work? I actually think that the last time I made something uh, like hentai was like a year ago, like art wise. 
but so it's mainly just like still lifes for me right now um that fan art stuff like that nothing too crazy right all right and been, and you think you uh, have a, a law career ahead of you that that would be great and sabrina i think uh, you mentioned the other day that you were interested in uh, also becoming a lawyer Yes. So um, at this point, I'm an advocate for um, the free expression rights of right. students and faculty at FIRE because I'm specifically on the campus rights advocacy team. But my hope is to attend law school uh, in a year. So I'm applying, coming up and uh, come back to FIRE, hopefully, and litigate in the future. All right, great. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and thanks for your help in putting this together. I, I know that it required a bit of an effort to compile those tweets, and uh, you know, without them, we would have just been talking about it without people really understanding what it's all about. So this is good that the audience got to see it, and uh, you know, they can judge for themselves. I, for one, uh, consider it a major eye roll, and uh, at least an eighty on the ridiculous meter, and folks can judge for themselves. Certainly. It has nothing to do with the school, and that is just so bizarre. And uh, uh, there's such a need for fire. You know, I've been saying this for years, many years, uh, that the ACLU just isn't enough. You know, and, and it was meant as no disparagement of the ACLU. It was just, you know, they, they can only handle so many cases. Uh, the last few years, the ACLU, I think there is room for some criticism, but that's another story. But in any case, there's a there's such a need for fire. I imagine you're getting swamped with requests uh, since you've announced the expansion. Do you, do you yeah. have any idea on, what, on what's coming in or how much is coming in? I, I don't know exact numbers um, because the litigation team deals with a lot of that. However, it's definitely a lot of requests. We've submitted a lot of FOIAs. We've uh, received a lot of case submissions. People are very excited about our expansion, which obviously makes me happy. I'm excited as well. Well, maybe that kinky staffer in the corner who keeps saying fat cockering out loud is just overwhelmed, <laughs> just overwhelmed mm -hmm. by the amount of requests coming in. And that's really what sent him off the deep end. Could be, <laughs> could be. All right. Well, thanks a lot. And thank you, Ash. Thank you, Von T and Tori. Uh, best of luck to everybody. Let's continue to follow the situation, continue to look for ways to form alliances with other people, because this censorship issue is cutting across all segments of our culture. And uh, it's important that I think each one of us recognize how it affects other people in areas that, that really aren't part of our lives, at least not in a direct way, not apart uh, from the censorship. And, and that's, I think, the key to uh, victory for our team.